BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, my beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. So I have some exciting news that I haven't shared in the past few episodes because there was so much to say in the intros of the last few episodes and there still is because today's guest is awesome and I can't wait for you to meet him. But before we get started with that, I wanted to give a huge thank you to all of you because this podcast has passed a huge milestone, at least in my eyes. When I started this podcast in November, I had no idea how it would be received or what kind of swing I would get into with my guests or really what direction this podcast would go in. I pretty much had no idea. And since I started this 37, 38 weeks ago, I think this is the 38th episode, this podcast has recently passed 1 million downloads which is huge to me because when I started the podcast and I started to see how the trends were going, I set a goal for myself to hit 1 million downloads in the first year. So that would bring us to November 2017. And it's June and we just hit 1 million downloads. I think now we're at, um, gosh, I don't know, 1 million, 200,000, something, something. And First of all, all those numbers, if you know my lucky numbers, 201, all the twos and zeros and ones in there are so cool. So in alignment with what's important to me and signs from the universe that this is what I am meant to be doing right now. And I choose to look at it that way because it's been such a fun, extremely cool experience. And I feel like it's worth very much worth mentioning that having this podcast has opened my eyes to so much, so much more than I thought was out there for me in this blogging career. And I was happy with what I was doing before, but I felt that there was so much more, so much more connection to be had and just this deeper quality of life and connectivity that I was looking for. And having this podcast has enabled me to find that. And it's really special. I was talking to my best friend, Jillian, last night. I need to have her on the podcast. Actually, Jill, if you're listening, let's schedule that. I was talking to her last night. We went to dinner and... She really said, how cool is this, Jordan, that your podcast has enabled you to meet all of these people who have inspired you to take this spiritual path and learn so much more about yourself and what's important to you and where you're going. And truly having the exposure to people like Gabby Bernstein and Kelsey Patel, who's coming on a future episode soon to talk about Reiki, and Emma Milden, who's coming out soon, and Ryan, who's on today's episode talking about entrepreneurship, and the High Vibe Living Girls who introduced me to Kundalini, and all of these different people who have opened my eyes to this whole new world of how spirituality and wellness can play a huge part in the world of the entrepreneurial space and the business world and really how it's all one. I mean, I look at someone like Gabby Bernstein. She is one of the most successful people outwardly and inwardly that I know. And I mean inwardly successful because she is so in alignment with her purpose. She is so completely and entirely doing what she was 
brought to this earth to do. And you can tell by looking at her, she radiates it. And she is also so successful in terms of her business and her brand and all of the accomplishments that she has under her belt. And basically, in conversation with people like Gabby, people like Brittany and Tara from High Vibe Living, uh, the girls of That's So Retrograde, and Jerry Hirsch, and Marissa Lace, and I could name every single one of my podcast guests just as examples to tell you these are people who are living their truth, who have fused spirituality and wellness, taking care of themselves into what they're doing now and what the, what they've chosen to do for their life's work. And it's always evolving, always changing our life's work. And actually, I'll be doing a podcast episode on that really soon about my own entrepreneurial journey because it has shifted so much, thanks mostly to this podcast. So I will talk all about that. But I just really wanted to dedicate this intro to you guys for listening and for supporting this podcast and for helping me hit 1 million downloads and then some. And, you know, numbers are important to me, um, more for spiritual reasons, because certain numbers represent certain things to me. And um, just knowing that this podcast is bringing people content that they enjoy, that you enjoy, hopefully listening to, brings me so much joy and makes me feel like I have purpose, so much purpose with what I'm doing and I enjoy it too. So it's really special. Thank you so much for the ongoing support. Please keep telling me what you want. Join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook to meet people from around the world who listen to this podcast and hang out with them in different cities. We do meetups. It's just a cool community. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I could go on and on, but I'll save that for a solo podcast because today's guest, Ryan Devlin, is awesome and I can't wait for you to hear his story. Ryan Devlin is someone who you might recognize from the film and television world. He has a very accomplished acting career. But beyond his acting career, he is also the co-founder of This Bar Saves Lives. It is a bar company, as in granola bar. And it's healthy and delicious. And you can find it in so many places like Starbucks and Costco and tons of also like little stores all around California. But they're national now and they're doing really, really well. Um... It's more of a new endeavor for Ryan as opposed to his acting career because he found after acting and after really pursuing what he felt was his life's work in the acting world, he craved something deeper and wanted to give back. And that is what he's doing now. His company gives back tenfold. And I think what they do is incredible. They're a mission-driven wellness-oriented company, which is very similar to Brandon Cohen of Liquid IV, last week's guest, also my best friend in the world. And you'll find out in my conversation with Ryan that Ryan and Brandon work in the same building, which is crazy, which I learned in this conversation. So you'll get to hear my shock and excitement about that. And basically, Ryan's just a really cool guy. He is an example of a CEO who, well, you'll you'll see he's just actually given him, given, passed on his CEO role to someone else. But he's the example of a founder and a leader who really keeps his company culture really tight knit and develops, has cultivated this really special vibe at This Bar Saves Lives. He has a lot of um, celebrity partners and you'll hear all about it. He's doing really cool things. And he also has a spiritual practice and a creative practice that I'm stoked for him to share with you guys. So Ryan is coming on this episode and I'm excited. And finally, the last announcement I have to make in this intro is that I wanted to thank our sponsor for today, Primally Pure. So anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that I did a cupping therapy session probably back in January and found all of these toxins rose to the surface of my body right in my lymph nodes around my armpit. So like kind of on the top of my my back around my shoulder blades. And I learned quickly from people who were giving me great advice who are very knowledgeable about cupping therapy that I was holding a lot of toxins in my lymph nodes, which was very likely from using traditional 
deodorants that are unfortunately full of chemicals and toxins and aluminum and a whole lot of stuff that is really not good for us. So at that point, I took to social media to ask people what kind of natural deodorants they recommended that actually work because I am an active person. I sweat a lot. I'm not going to hide that fact. I do. And I need something that actually works so that I'm not walking around Los Angeles smelling like straight up sweaty body odor. So a ton of people recommended Primally Pure to me, including a lot of my friends in the wellness blogging world. And once it was sent to me and I tried it for myself, I was able to see It works, it smells really good, and it's completely all natural. So since the majority of conventional deodorants are totally filled with chemicals and toxins, Primally Pure has set out to offer a safe and effective natural deodorant that actually works. So they have scents from lemongrass to lavender to tea tree to unscented, and all of them leave you feeling fresh and smelling actually clean. Even after sweaty vinyasa, I can attest to it. And the other cool thing is that they have a couple of different options. They have the sensitive and the original formulas, which is nice because some of us are sensitive to baking soda for specifically baking soda, which is in a lot of natural deodorants. So in their sensitive one, they have smaller amounts of baking soda and it's also fortified with non-nano zinc oxide and kaolin clay. So that's really cool. There's a lot of options even for people with really sensitive skin like me. And Primally Pure has been kind enough to offer a promo code for a free lip balm with your first purchase. So if you head to their website, primallypure.com, use the code BALANCEDBLONDE to get a free lip balm. And their lip balms are awesome. I use them all the time. I'll be bringing them with me to Hawaii this week. I also get really dry lips, dry skin, all of that. So use the code BALANCEDBLONDE at checkout. And when you place your order online, you just need to add a lip balm to your cart Enter the promo code BALANCEDBLONDE and the cost of the lip balm will be deducted. So you should totally check out their deodorant. They also have complexion mist. They have dry shampoo. They have face serum. They have sea soaks and all of it is natural. They don't use harmful chemicals or toxins. So I highly recommend it. We're going to be doing a giveaway soon, but for now, definitely use that code on their website so that you can get a free lip balm. And for the record, my favorite scent of their deodorants is tea tree. It smells so good. I feel like I'm just walking around smelling like essential oils all the time. And you can ask, well, please do ask the people close to me if I smell. And I'm pretty positive that they'll say no because I actually grill them all the time. Because ever since I switched to natural deodorant, I'm always asking, just please tell me, please tell me if I smell. And I have pretty honest people in my life and they assure me that the tea tree smells great. So I highly recommend Primally Pure. Check them out. Use the code BALANCEDBLONDE. And now, without further ado, let's talk to Ryan Devlin. Okay, guys, I'm here today in my apartment with Ryan Devlin, a former actor, maybe still actor. He can tell us what he's up to lately. He's the co-founder of This Bar Saves Lives, an awesome give back company, healthy bars that are delicious. I was introduced to him by my cousin, Marissa and her husband, Greg, who are friends with one of Ryan's co-founders. So I'm excited that he's here. We've been trying to connect, I think, since I started this podcast. So all the way back in November, and that is what crazy schedules will do to you. So it's really awesome that we aligned, and he's here, and we have an audience. His name is Hudson. He's watching us right now. And luckily, Ryan has cats, so he falls under the category of like the 5% of people who come over who aren't allergic to Hudson, which makes me really happy. And Ryan's awesome enough to be cool with sharing a microphone because 
as usual, I'm having some issues. So before I start asking him questions about the entrepreneurial life and everything else, he's going to introduce himself and tell you guys who he is. Well, hello, and thank you so much. Um, this is great passing the mic. I feel like this is, you know, this is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like now I get to now I'll pass it to Hudson. Hudson yeah. will say something. Meow. Hudson responded. Um, thank you so much. Um, I'm I'm just excited to be talking with you. I'm a fan of your blog and of the podcast, and you know, just a healthy wellness lifestyle in general. And I try to live that myself. And I've gotten some great tips from you. And um, I'm excited to be sharing my story with all of your listeners. Um, I think it's been an interesting one. I've gone from you know being a business major in college to you know just packing up my mom's car and moving to LA and, and having the life of an actor for a decade and then wanting to find something deeper and bigger and more impactful. And that led me to, uh, to start this bar saves lives, which is now this like really big company that's doing amazing things around the world. And, you know, I, I'm, I have more, plenty more journey to go as well. And I just learn every day. And so I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and thanks for having me. Yes. I'm so glad that you're here and it's exciting how much you guys have grown. We were just talking before we were recording about the fact that your company started in 2013, which is when my blog started. And it's weird to look back and think four years goes by so fast and so much happens in four years. So I'm excited to dive into all that with you. Before we do, I'm going to start with a question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? You know, I feel like mine changes, um, you know, it, it, by the day. But I think right now my color would be like a deep, rich forest green. Uh, I'm just feeling like I've just been out in nature a lot lately, and that's kind of my place of peace. And so I think that there's a lot of, um, you know, nature for me is just like that's where I go to in order to, to decompress but also get inspired. And, you know, my life right now feels rich and deep and peaceful. Uh, you know, I've got a son and, a, and, a, and I'm happily married and we've got this company that's doing great things. And so I'm just kind of feeling like really filled up right now. So today at least, or right now, it's kind of that, that rich forest green. Others days when things are a little bit more manic and hectic, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's like electric orange, I guess, when something goes wrong at the office. But right now, you know, it's, um, that's, that's how I'm feeling. That's awesome. I love that color. I don't think anyone has said forest green yet, but I love that. It does give the image of nature and calm and happiness. I like it. Where are your offices? Um, we're in um, uh, Marina del Rey, California. So uh, just right down the street. Yeah, yeah. Southern California, born and bred here as a company. I'm from Michigan, but in, and the founders of the company are from all over. But yeah, we're right here by the ocean. And uh you know, sometimes when we're feeling like stressed out or overwhelmed, we'll just like get out and hit the beach. You know, for the first couple of years of our company, we were in Venice, California. And so, you know, we do brainstorming sessions, you know, by the ocean. And, and that's always a good way to kind of get out of a rut, I think, is just to get outside somewhere and, and your perspective changes. So it's nice to be here in Southern California because it's like no matter when you can get outside. So that's one of the gifts that we have of being here. Yeah, we are lucky to to be here so close to the beach and Marina Del Rey is like the best place to have your headquarters ever. I love Marina Del Rey. I went to Loyola Marymount University, which is right up the hill. Um, so that's like my old stomping grounds. Nice. Yeah. So you were an actor, you were in the entertainment industry for a long time. And I'm so curious about how that transition took place from entertainment to food and to creating your own company of just of bars, because it's a total transition, such a cool one. So tell us about that. Yeah, it's not something that you expect, I, I don't think. I mean, typically, like, what you would expect is once you have a successful career as an actor, which which is where I was at in my life at the time, you'd think that was kind of it. But for me, it kind of started with a feeling of... Uh, just kind of unfulfillment, you know, um, it's, it's hard to explain. I think for anybody out there that's, that's experienced it, like you kind of know what it is. Like you seemingly have everything that you want or that you dreamed of or hoped for. And I was on TV shows and doing movies and all of these things. Um, and I liked it. I liked acting a lot. It's really fun. It's a great way to make a living. You meet really cool people, you laugh a lot, but kind of at the end of the day, I, I would never, 
I guess I would never kind of go to bed feeling like really fulfilled. And so I initially filled that up by doing a lot of volunteer work. I volunteered with organizations here in LA and internationally. I, I did a lot of work with the Hole in the Wall Gang Camps, which was started by Paul Newman back in the day. And it's these camps for terminally ill children where you give these kids who are you know, sick or, or have a debilitating condition, you give them a real camp experience. So I would go out and be a camp counselor with these kids for a week and I would come back feeling better then after that week of being a camp counselor than I ever had felt doing a huge TV show or walking a red carpet or anything like that. And so I knew that there was something more out there that, you know, I really was, was searching for. And uh, it all came together for This Bar Saves Lives when in between TV shows, myself and one of our co-founders, Todd Grinnell, took a, um, a trip to Liberia, Africa, with an organization. We were helping them to build a bridge for this village who lost their bridge and they were kind of cut off from, kids were cut off from school and from the markets and these kinds of things. And while we were out there, just as a side trip, we toured a clinic that was treating children for severe mal- uh, malnutrition. This is like, you know, these are the kids that you see that are really wasting away. You know, they've got the, like the distended bellies, but they've, you know, their hair is falling out and it's just through no fault of their own. They're just these children, maybe, you know, one, two, three years old, and they just don't have the nutrition they need. Uh, partly because of sometimes an environmental disaster, maybe political, you know, upheaval or war. Sometimes it's just because they fall in a hard time. There's a, you know, a seasonal droughts, that kind of thing. And so just seeing these kids, It's one of those things that you can't unsee, you know, when you see it, we were there, we were talking to the moms and the doctors, and it was simultaneously really um, upsetting and and kind of overwhelming and uh, like optimistic and, 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 and energizing because once we talked to these nurses, we said, well, what do you need? He said, well, we treat these kids with these little peanut butter packets. It's called Plumpy Nut. And it's like, a, it's considered medicines prescribed by doctors and nurses, but it's basically like a peanut butter packet um, with micronutrients and super high calorie. And it gets these kids from this severely malnourished state to healthy and able to switch back to their local diets very quickly. We kind of call it the penicillin for malnutrition. So it's like this life-saving thing. And we saw that and we we're like, oh, so you just need more of that? And they're like, yeah, that's what's going to save lives. So we came back, you know, to Hollywood and we were like, well, let's do something about this. We can, we have the means. And rather than start a charity where we would, you know, go out and try and raise enough money to get enough food aid to this one clinic, we wanted to create a model that would be sustainable, that kind of transactionally would, in one part, connect people here with their food and then providing nutrition to kids elsewhere that need it. And on another part, be something that was just an easy decision you could make every day. Oh, if I'm going to have a snack, you know, why not grab this bar saves lives because A, it's a great bar, but B, I know that I'm going to be helping a child somewhere in the world that needs it. And so that's kind of how the idea for this bar saves lives came about. And then of course it was like years of work to get it off the ground, but that's when we started our journey from like actors to actor entrepreneurs. That's such a cool journey. So it really was the catalyst was your trip to Liberia and the company then was totally founded with the intention of saving lives, which is why you were saying that this bar saves lives is such a literal name for the company because that, I don't think I really realized that that was the decision behind it um, versus just wanting to come up with a line of bars and also giving back. It's really cool that it actually started with the give back. So what did that look like then? So you decided that you wanted to create this and I, I know from just minimal involvement with other companies that, that have started food, beverage, it's so tough to dive into that world. Where did you begin? Yeah, it's one of those crazy things where we're like literally Googling like how to make granola bars. You know, I mean, like we just started, we we're, you know, I went to business school, but I studied hospitality business. I was an actor. Like I didn't know anything about nutrition or or production or anything like that. And so we started how anybody else would start. We just dove in and we asked questions and we found people who were leaders in their field and we reached out to them with crazy emails and just said, look, we want to make a difference. We want to make this impact. Will you help us? And, you know, I think it was Ben Franklin who said, you know, the best way to make a friend is ask a favor. And so we just started asking favors of people. And through that process, we were, of course, very um, mindful of people's time. But 
we started to pick things up here and there, a little bit about, you know, uh, how to build a brand, a little bit about how the grocery system works, a little bit how food safety works and production and all of these things. And, you know, we surrounded ourselves with people that were experts in what they did. And we, what we did was we brought the passion and the heart and the drive and, of course, the vision of the company, this bar saves lives. It's a very bold claim to make. Our promise is right there on every single wrapper. We, we created this company to save lives. So anybody that we reached out to and said, hey, can you tell us a little bit about how shipping logistics works? You know, we're, we're starting this company to, to, to try and save lives around the world. They would always give us their time. And so, you know, it started very slowly like that. My wife and I, you know, we made a ton of different granola bars in our kitchen, Todd and me and Ravi and Kristen Bell, who's a good friend of mine and, and an actor, of course. Um, she was kind of like our chief taste tester in the beginning. Uh, she was pregnant. And so like her taste was like super heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we just all kind of exchanged recipes and ideas and, it took two years for us to work on these recipes and work on our give back model and partner with the right philanthropic organizations and all of that. And we just knew that we wanted to do it right. So we didn't rush it. We took our time to make sure that everything was aligned. And then we rushed it because we didn't want it to also just like die in like the idea stage. So we like really took our time. We asked a lot of questions. We were very deliberate. And then as soon as we knew we had something special, as soon as we knew we had at least the seed of what this company was, we just threw it out there. We got it into the world. And that's when we really started learning and getting feedback from customers and, and all of that. And so, you know, it was kind of like a, it was like a two-year sprint, I guess. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that, that you didn't want it to die in the idea stage. Because I think so often people talk about, don't rush it, take your time, do your research, all that kind of stuff. And I've always been such an impulsive person. I move very quickly, especially if I have an idea that I'm excited about. So I like that you took your time, you did your research, but then you got moving. Like, I think that that's important. Yeah, I I think so too. I mean, for, for you nailed it there. I mean, I think like inspiration sometimes it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Sometimes you get inspired by an idea and if you rush it too much, it, it could, maybe you don't give it the best chance that it deserves. But I think far more often the kind of the opposite is true. People will have an idea and they'll like overwork it or over-research it or it'll become too precious and so you don't want it to fail. So you kind of protect it by not getting it out there. And so very early on, I, I cre- created the saying that I started saying around to my partners in the office, which was fire, aim, ready. You know, normally it's ready, aim, fire, right? And like get ready and aim and then fire. And for us, once we had like the nuts and bolts of it, Like I tried to turn that on its head and just like fire, aim, ready. If you've got something like fire it, get it out there and you're going to learn so much more once it's out there. Feedback for us on our recipes. We started out, our bars are totally different now. I mean, we're like a, you know, it's all natural, non-GMO project verified, gluten-free, fair trade, all of these things, right? We didn't launch with any of that stuff. It was just like a normal bar. And we started getting feedback. People said, hey, you really should look at non-GMO project. You really should look at gluten-free. You already have gluten-free ingredients. Get certified gluten-free. You know, these kinds of things that, you know, we just never would have learned as fast had we not just gotten the concept out there for This Bar Saves Lives. And the same thing happened with our website and, you know, our marketing materials and all of that. Like, once we fired that idea out there and got the business going, we learned so fast that over the course of the first two years, we changed recipes three times. We lowered our sugar. We raised our fiber. We sourced bee-friendly almonds. You know, we really took feedback from customers like Whole Foods, big customers, or just like individuals that would literally just like email us and say, hey, your sugars seem high. And we would take that and we'd say, you know what? They're right. Let's take a look at this next recipe. And we just learned far more by launching the company, I think, than we ever would have had we just kept it insular, you know, in our apartment as we were starting it. Yeah, that's so true. I think the same thing about just so many different types of businesses that people start with. For a blogging example, this is totally different, but it kind of, it makes me think of it, how I had my blog on the side. I was in grad school and I was very attached to staying in grad school and pursuing my master's in creative writing. But then I saw my blog on the side gaining traction and knew that if I would, if I could just dive into it and give it my all and kind of just like fire, like you're saying, like just dive into it, then it could really be something. So 
I did. I didn't, I kind of like, I left the whole other thing and stepped away from it to pursue something that was, um, you know, just really risky in a sense, but I've learned so much, like so much more about my writing. Grad school is all about workshopping each other's writing, learning from your professors. And now I have, you know, thousands of readers to learn from and to kind of workshop my writing. As you said, customers, clients, readers, those types of people, they'll tell you their opinion. And it's very, um, it's very helpful as a writer. More opinions than I get. You know, I think I feel like when you're, when you put yourself like your life online, like you do, like, I feel like you probably get a ton of feedback. Most of it I'm sure constructive and good, but I bet there's, you know, some crazies out there that you have to deal with as well. Yeah. I've learned to to give, to, to look at the feedback with a, a sense of openness, but not too much attachment because sometimes it'll have so much charge from whatever that person's experiencing that clearly they're just upset and angry in their own life. And something I've done has angered them terribly, but most of the time it's pretty constructive. And I'm sure that you get tons of feedback too, just because I know how the world is. And you guys are in, you're in Starbucks, you're in Whole Foods, you're all over the place. So you are bound to get tons of opinions and feedback, but it sounds like it was really helpful, especially with, I'm the type of person who would probably tell a company that I like that their sugar content is a little higher than I want it to be. So that was probably really helpful. Yeah, it really was. It's, it's, you know, I I think, as long as you can stay open to that kind of thing and not get defensive about it, you're going to get far more positive and constructive feedback than, than otherwise, I think, similar to, to what you were just saying with your experience. So, you know, we started out really small. It's like farmer's markets and selling online and like really just kind of small coffee shops around LA, like Intelligentsia Cafe and that kind of thing. And then when we started growing and now we're in you know, half the Target stores in the country, we're in Starbucks on the West Coast and also in... Boston, Philly, and DC, and we're growing with them. Um, we're on Amazon. You know, we just we just launched on Amazon recently, and they've gotten behind us in a big way. They're bigger customers. There's a lot of you know a lot more opportunity to kind of get the brand out there, but the relationships are still the same at their core as when we were just a really small company. We want everybody to be happy with our product. They know a lot about what they like. So whether you're an individual customer or you're Amazon and you collect you know billions of pieces of information every day. If you're open to it, if you can just say, hey, you know, what do you feel? What do you like? What can we do here that would make the experience better for you and your customers? Then it it tends to drive innovation. You know, case in point, we um, started in 200 Starbucks stores just as a test. And now we're in about 3,000. And we went to them. We were working on new flavors. And we just went to Starbucks and we said, look, you guys probably know what your customers like. You know, can we work with you on a, on a new flavor combination? And our top-selling flavor right now is our dark chocolate peanut butter with sea salt bar, and that came from Starbucks. They said, look, we've, you know, we know our customers. We think if you guys add this flavor to your mix, something with chocolate and peanut butter, it'll do really well. And so we worked on it, and you know, again, we wanted to make sure that it was lower sugar, higher fiber, good amount of protein, you know, a very balanced bar. It's really delicious you know, gourmet food. We don't just like slap a mission on kind of a generic product. We are the best bar that you can eat out there kind of in this category. And, you know, so we made sure that the ingredients that we were sourcing were really premium and all of that. But the flavor drive came from just listening to one of our customers. And I think, you know, we continue to try to be really open in that sense that we're a bigger company now, but we still try to keep that small company mentality and listen and ask questions and never assume that what we think is right. And I think that's guided us in a way to, um, you know, now to, to heights that we're replacing, you know, Kind Bar in Starbucks and we're in, you know, in, in all of these other locations. I think that's because of the way we've run our business, which is really open, driven with our purpose, but also really collaborative with our customers. Yeah, that's smart. That's very, very smart. You have to listen to the feedback that you're getting. Sometimes it's hard to hear, but I mean, not that Starbucks one. That was awesome that they told you to come up with that flavor because that's just chocolate and peanut butter. Who doesn't love chocolate and peanut butter? Yeah, it's the absolute, (laughs) absolute best. So now that you guys have grown and you're a much bigger company than you were in 2013 when you started, um, well, first of all, how many people are on the team now? So we have 12 people and on any given day, about three dogs. 
So that's, that's the office. So we're still pretty, uh, you know, yes, and two cats. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty, uh, you know, a pretty scrappy uh, team still, but, but growing fast. You know, we started just three of us in an apartment, and now we're a team of 12. And then we have consultants and contractors and brand ambassadors and these kinds of that aren't full-time positions. But, um, you know, again, we try to stay scrappy still, even though we're growing large. Um, the, the smaller I think we can keep our core team, the better lines of communication are and you know, then you, you also can scale more effectively because you're not spending a ton of money on salaries. Yeah. I'm always interested in that because I've had a few people on this podcast who have brands, food brands that have grown pretty quickly like yours. And it's always so fascinating to me that, so Wild Friends, Nut Butter, they're a team of eight Mm -hmm. and Liquid IV. Yeah. Healthy Hydration Supplement, Liquid IV, my friend Brandon, who started that. They have, oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. We share offices with them in Marina Del Rey. You are in Biz House? Yeah. What? Yeah, we just moved there because we were in a different location. We just moved over there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm there all the time. I was there recording a podcast with Brandon last week. Oh, my God. That's... I can't believe that. Okay. Anyways, as you know, they have about eight people, too. And it's just fascinating to me that with just the fast growth and being in thousands of stores that eight to 12 people can handle all of that. I mean, it's really cool. Everyone has a ton of responsibility and I'm with you. I think there's a special charm to keeping things small and that your vision stays so intact. Just cool. Okay, I just wanted to take a brief little break from this awesome conversation with Ryan to remind you guys that Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie Masterclass is officially open and ready to be signed up for. So I am a huge fan of Gabby's work. You know this. I had her on the podcast. She was an incredible guest. And her Spirit Junkie Masterclass is something that I truly believe will change your life and set your soul on fire, which is what I am here to help you do. So introducing you to someone who has set my soul on fire and her incredible work is really important to me. So this is for people who have maybe been thinking about or talking about or meditating on a big business vision and life dream, but maybe you've been holding back or playing small and you just need the tools to have the confidence to get there with the Spirit Junkie Masterclass. So she'll do that. She'll give you her business building tools, which obviously she has built a majorly thriving brand and business off of her Spirit Junkie mentality. And... The Spirit Junkie life goes very, very much hand in hand with the Soul on Fire life. So I have created a full-blown landing page for Gabby's program at thebalancedblonde.com slash Gabby. And I make an affiliate commission off of you guys signing up for the course. So I just wanted to be really upfront about that because you know, people always wonder, well, why are you promoting Gabby's course? And it's A, because I fully, fully believe in it. And then I developed this landing page because Gabby is kind enough to set up an affiliate program for people who believe in her work. So in the Spirit Junkie Masterclass, you will be guided to clear the blocks that keep you from owning your purpose, to build a successful spiritual business and bring your spiritual principles into your career by following her proven and practical spiritually aligned action method. And you'll strengthen your spiritual practice, experience personal transformation with a huge deep dive, become unapologetic about accepting your divine purpose, using your gifts to serve others in big, huge, meaningful ways, write books, create products, design programs, all of that amazing stuff and attract the audience to you that you are dying to have. So Gabby is clearly a master in all of these areas. Her Spirit Junkie Masterclass is a game changer. So you can go to thebalancedblonde.com slash Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y to sign up for the Masterclass. You have a couple more days. Registration will be open until the 29th. So if you're listening to this on... June 28th, the day that this podcast comes out, then get ready to sign up for the Spirit Junkie Masterclass because it's only open for registration for a very brief period of time after this. So super exciting. I want you guys to all have the experience to check it out. And now we'll dive back into this combo with Ryan. It's 
a small team. I'm really curious what your day-to-day looks like, like you personally. Do you have like a morning routine and then you go into the office and I'm sure you have a ton of responsibility within the office. What does a day in the life look like? I mean, it's always different, honestly, because like running the company, you wear so many different hats. Um, and, and right now I'm in a, a bit of a time of transition. Uh, as for the last two years, I was founder CEO. We just recently brought on a CEO so that I can focus more on founder duties, um, driving the brand and the vision forward in, in like bigger picture ways rather than running the day to day. Though my routine hasn't changed all that much. I mean, I'll try and walk you through like a little bit of a day, if that sounds all right, um, you know, kind of chronologically. So I've got a two and a half year old. Um, he's usually up around 7 a.m. So I get up around six because I like to have a little bit of time in the morning. My wife, my wife loves to sleep in. She's a night person. And so I let her sleep. I wake up and I always start the day with a meditation. I do a 15 minute meditation. I use um, the Headspace app. I've taken different courses through the UCLA School of Neurology and kind of got like a base in mindfulness meditation. And I do a lot of reading and Um, along those lines. But um, I find the Headspace app is kind of the easiest way for me to just like wake up. I sit in the bathroom, you know, because it's like the quietest room in our house. I haven't woken up the dogs or the cats yet or anything like that. I just sit and I do like a 15 minute meditation. And then I do, I get the house ready. I get the pets fed and all of that stuff. And uh, I do like a really quick workout, like a 10 minute like I'm a rock climber. And so I just do like a kind of a rock climbing workout, which is like pull-ups and hangboard exercises for my fingers and that kind of thing. And then I read, um, like for 10 minutes, I just read nature writing. So I read a lot of John Muir or Aldo Leopold. Um, it's just like very, um, it's almost poetry, but it's just like very involved kind of descriptions of different types of plants and animals and locations. And it sounds super boring, but it's just a very calm way for me to start the day. I'd never check my phone um, until after my son is awake and we have breakfast and my day starts. So, you know, that's usually what happens. He wakes up, madness ensues. We're playing with trucks. I'm making eggs. It's crazy. Um, and then after, you know, we've had our morning together, that's when I check my, you know, messages or emails. Uh, and then I jump in. And so like a day at the office is just packed with meetings all day long. When you're running a company, you very rarely have time to actually do work for yourself. So when I'm at the office, I'm working with the team. I'm hearing about their work. I'm coaching and encouraging them. Uh, we're, we're taking a look at big picture. We're making big decisions. We're brainstorming. And only uh, at rare times do I get to actually like send out emails that I want to send out. Typically, my um, work will be done that I have to do personally, like a non-meeting type work will be done either in the morning before I go in, like after breakfast, but before I go to the office or in the evening. Uh, Most of the time during the day, I'm collaborating with, with the team. And then at night, you know, night is my night. And so I I turn off the devices and we do dinner and bath time and, you know, hang out with my wife. And then maybe after that, I'll jump back and and do some emails like, you know, before bed just to try and catch up and set myself up for the next day. Um, Though I try to make sure I'm compartmentalizing. I try to be when I'm you know, it's kind of mindfulness, right? It's moment to moment. So like I try to be in the moment when I'm with my son, I don't want to be looking at my phone. I don't want to be thinking about an email or a stressful thing where an investor is angry about the money that they're not making or whatever it is. You know, there's a million things that could cloud like a moment. And so if I'm with my son, I try to just be there. If I'm with my team, I try to be there. And if I'm dealing with a problem, like an investor who's angry or, you know, Starbucks didn't get their shipment on time, then I try to, you know, be with that in that moment. But I try not to let too much of it bleed over because I think, you know, things I'm not for me, I'm not as effective if I'm trying to do multiple things at once. I really try to concentrate on the one thing and I don't always pull it off, but I try. Hope that answers your question. That, answer. that was a <laughs> phenomenal answer. I love how present it sounds like you are in your life with your family, with your team. I mean, I think it's rare to hear of someone going into an office and not just sitting down sending emails. That's what I feel like the world has turned into. Sure. And I love that that's not your day to day. And I talk a lot, a lot about that with, I have one person on my team, Christina, I think you've talked to her a little bit, um, just the two of us. And we are constantly talking about that and staying on top of each other to not spend our lives on email. It's, it can be so easy to, to kind of like feel that that's really productive, but 
there's so many other things to be doing and collaborating and um, just finding inspiration and all those little moments and the nature writing. That's so cool. I should definitely do that. It sounds very calming, especially in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, You'll have to tell us some of your other favorite writers and we'll put it in the show notes because I have a feeling people listening will like that. So I'm curious about this uh, studies that you've done at UCLA with the uh, neurology and mindfulness. That's fascinating to me. Yeah, sure. I, I'll, it's just, honestly, this came of like, when we, when, when my son was born, I was at peak craziness at this bar saves lives running the company. I was working insane hours. And then, and then my son, uh, Ferris, when he was born, I was just like spiraling. I mean, I was just so overwhelmed. He never slept and first time father and like running this company and I needed something. I needed a calm in the storm. And so I, I was looking into just meditation courses and UCLA through the neurology department just offers mindfulness meditation courses. So it wasn't a study as much as it's just like, it's actually just like a part of their curriculum. They've obviously done the work to, to show scientifically the benefits that mindfulness meditation has on one's level of stress and focus and anxiety and these kinds of things. So um, they just offered them and the time worked out for me. So I jumped in and I found it really great. You know, I'm I'm an analytical guy, but I'm also a creative guy. And this kind of, it, bal- it, it hit a nice balance for me. It wasn't for me like too kind of like wishy-washy. It also wasn't like too clinical. It was just like a good balance, like focus on breath, note your feelings, you know, the other you know, kind of the, the normal paces that you go through. There's compassion meditations that you do and focus and anxiety meditations. And I started jumping into that and it just, like the results were very immediate. I was more present with my team at work. I was more present with my son and my wife. You know, my family commented, hey, you seem a lot more centered, a lot more grounded. And so just in doing like the, the simple, you know, class, a little meditation, you know, maybe twice a day and then having the ability to note like different emotions when I was feeling them, anxiety, stress, anger, frustration, whatever it would be, happiness, you know, it really kind of, I think it made me a better version of myself. Now I say all this, like, as if I, like, I've figured out some great secret. I mean, I still struggle with like all of those emotions, you know, when my son is throwing a tantrum or whatever, I'm embarrassed if I'm out in public or I get angry or frustrated. But I think I now have like a little bit of the tools to kind of note that um, and say, okay, I'm feeling this now. And that tends to, you know, not dull it, but like it kind of like evens things out. It, It makes things less like peaks and valleys and a little bit more even. And that for work and for my life, has really changed me. You know, it's, it's changed me for the better. And I think I have a better perspective on, on all of those things now, though. I, I certainly still have my challenges and struggle with them. I, I do think that that meditation routine mixed with rock climbing for me, which is like another form of meditation, but also, um, but also exercise, which is so important as you know, with yoga, that's made me just like a better version of myself. I think more tolerable at work and, and at home. Yeah. You have to have your practices to keep you centered and grounded interesting that you are a rock climber. Well, not interesting. It is interesting, but um, it's it's interesting. (laughs) It's definitely interesting. And another reason why it's really interesting is because I've been very interested in rock climbing lately. I haven't ever done it. I mean, I've gone to like those little rock climbing places that you can go to, but probably not for like the last 10 years. But I see people doing it. I'll see videos on Instagram or a few of my friends do it, and it looks like such a fun way to work out. What What do you think? It is the greatest. You have to do it. I'd be happy to take you. There's amazing places around here in Southern California. I mean, there's a gym right down the street. I just came from my rock climbing gym right down the street, but it's called Rock Creation. It's like three blocks away. And so just daily, that's where I like work out just to train. And it's a, it's very meditative in that, you know, meditation can be described in many different ways, but one is you know, focusing on the moment, just being right in the moment. And I started rock climbing because I would go to the gym, like just like LA fitness, I'd be on the treadmill or something like that. And I'd always be thinking about work or life or what went wrong or what's what I'm excited about. I was never in the moment of working out. I was always thinking about the next thing with rock climbing. It's like, you have to focus or you fall. Right. And so it forces meditation because you have to, you have to be focusing on the next move. How am I going to stay on this wall? Uh, getting outside takes it to a next level. I've climbed all around, you know, Southern California and into areas in Nevada, big walls, you know, 15 hour climbs and, and that kind of thing. And it just, like, no, nothing holding 
Yeah, with rope. I mean, like, you don't use it. It's called free climbing in that you climb, but you have ropes in case you okay. fall, right? So you place gear and protection as you climb, and if you fall, the rope catches you, but you don't use the rope to help you. And that's just next level because now you're in nature, and there's nothing greater than being in nature. And so, you know, I find it a great balance. I work very hard at the office. I love my family. I'm with them. And then when I can get outside and go rock climbing, I, it's hard to describe, but for anybody who's listening that's done it, and I think you really should do it. I mean, people who do, you know, yoga and practice those kinds of things are tend to be very good rock climbers because it's about focus and balance and kind of deliberate movement. It's not about brute strength. It's, it's, you can be the best climber in the world and not look like you're stronger than, you know, the next person on the street. So it's, you know, it's a really, um, I think exciting sport because it brings a lot of breath work and mind and balance into it. You know, for me, I, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of become an obsession. So, uh, I can't say enough about it, but I would say, you know, that's like a really fast growing sport. So for anybody who's listening, who's interested, you know, ditch the gym and check out your local rock climbing gym. Cause I think, you know, you're, you're probably going to really enjoy it. Wow. I definitely want to come with you soon. I've, it. yeah, I'll totally come. I've been thinking about it a lot. I was thinking about it this weekend because I went on a hike with my boyfriend and my best friend yesterday, two days ago. And it turned into a little bit of rock climbing. I have to say, we were like off the trail. I don't know how safe it was. And they were completely fine. They were like plowing up the side of these rocks. And I was saying, okay, I need to get to a rock climbing gym so I can practice this kind of thing. Because right now I just feel totally out of my element and terrified that I'm going to fall. And, but at the same time, it was really fun. And there was so much balance and focus involved. And we were outside. We were in just like the most beautiful, just in the canyons in Malibu. And I still feel refreshed from being out there. You're already there. We're doing it. You're already a climber. We're doing it. Okay. Amazing. So that's all so great. I want to hear about your wellness journey. And I wonder if getting into the wellness industry and especially getting so much feedback from your customers and kind of gearing this bar a lot more toward non-GMO. And it sounds like, is it vegan or? It's a little bit of honey. Okay. So it has honey. So I won't comment on that because I am all sorts of controversial in the vegan community, but, um, I'm just curious if your diet has changed since getting into the food industry or kind of what your whole wellness journey looks like. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, it's interesting. I'm far more aware now of what I put into my body just because I've been in, you know, I've been in food manufacturing now for for a few years with This Bar Saves Lives. Uh, I've been a vegetarian for a decade. Uh, I read a book called Eating Animals um, by Jonathan Saffron Foyer that I highly recommend, but it's about great book, right? This guy who's going to have a kid wants to know where food comes from and it's fun and light and funny. And then ultimately, you know, you draw your own conclusions. He doesn't really proselytize anything, but, you know, I read it and I was like, okay, I love animals. I'm not going to eat them. And so, you know, I've, I, I haven't, um, eaten any, any, you know, meat in, in a decade. Um, I'm not vegan, but you know, I'm aware of kind of the amount of dairy that I, that I eat and that kind of thing. And I just try to make sure that I'm buying from companies that are reputable and that I really trust and, and respect in terms of how they farm or, or, um, you know, get, get their, um, their ingredients. And that's carried over into this bar saves lives, you know? So we're non-GMO project verified. We source organic ingredients whenever possible. We're bee friendly. We're one of the only bee friendly companies out there. Um, it's, which is, which is such a, it's almost this esoteric thing, but you know, we use a lot of almonds in our bars. Our bars are super premium. We don't like pack them with like low grade, you know, we use like almonds and pistachios and things like that. And when you farm almonds, I didn't know this until I dug into it, but when you farm almonds, it's usually a monocrop. It's just like a million almond trees in a row and they bring out bees to um, pollinate them. And typically when bees only have one source of food, that's when they can get sick. And that's what's causing the bee population to collapse. And so we actually source our almonds from the small orchard that not doesn't just have almond trees, but they have a ton of different trees and fruits and vegetables and wildflowers. And it keeps the bee population super healthy. Um, so little things like that, you know, we're just aware of. And I don't know if that's going to change somebody's purchasing habit or not, but it feels good to us. And so, you know, my personal wellness journey has followed this Bar Saves Lives in that, you know, I'm just far more aware of 
the things that I'm taking in. And just as we run our company and we want to be very mindful of the ingredients that we source and on the give back side, you know, for every bar we sell, we donate a, a packet of food aid to a child in need. We're very deliberate about the partners that we use on that side of things as well. And, and we want to make sure that we're, we're fostering very strong and, um, reputable relationships. And so on my personal side, you know, I love to eat food. I love food. I just, you know, but like I'm make sure that it's, it's stuff that's going to make me feel good when I wake up in the morning. It's going to make me feel good about the companies that I'm supporting. And, uh, for us, that means, you know, vegetarian, uh, but we, you know, we also go out and like, we'll eat ice cream to celebrate an occasion or, you know, I'll drink beer or whatever. Like, I don't have like a super strict diet, but I just try to be aware of my diet. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah, awareness is, is the best thing that you can do. That's awesome. So are you still acting? That was my circling back to my intro about you. I'm just I curious. Like the, I feel like if you have to ask, the answer is almost built yeah, in. It's totally. like, it's like, well, are you, are you still there? I don't know how um, to fit that into the <laughs> daily routine that we heard. But. No, no, no. But you know what? I do um, a little bit. So, so um, I just wrapped season five of this show on MTV that I hosted called Are You The One, which is like... 10 guys and 10 girls looking for love and we bring them to this island and we give them a million bucks if they all find their perfect match and whatever. Yeah, it's like the most salacious, crazy, you know, alcohol and sex-fueled entertainment you could ever watch. So that was really fun. Um, That is the complete antithesis of running a a granola bar company that saves lives. So I had like an alter ego that hosted this crazy show while I was like helping to save lives. So uh, we just finished our fifth season on that and I'm not going to do any more of those. And so, yeah, I still get out there. Like I'm, you'll see me on TV all the time now that you're like, if you, you know, listen to this and you're like, oh, who's Ryan Devlin? Like you'll see me on like, you know, the murderer of the week on law and order or whatever. But, um, you know, my focus has really been on growing this company and, you know, we started, I'm so proud of our, our success. We started in 2013, just like this idea in this apartment. And to date, we've donated over two and a half million packets of food aid, uh, which is enough to save 20,000 lives. And we serve kids in Haiti and various countries in Africa and in Central America and Mexico in the Philippines. And so, you know, these are real stories you can see on our website and in our social media channels. We We show you pictures and videos and you know, Insta stories, these kinds of things about of of these children whose lives are being affected by our our mission, and not just by what we're creating, but by what our customers are creating. Somebody decides to go and buy one of our bars because they like it; it's delicious. They're also helping to save a life, and so it's hard to compete with that. You know, when I'm trying to focus on like, what am I going to use this hour of my day for? It typically goes towards this bar saves lives because it's very rewarding, motivating, exciting work, and. I'm all about balance. And so I continue to act and write and do things in, you know, in Hollywood because I think it's fun and, and it's rewarding in in its own sense. But, um, I'll tell you what, this bar saves lives has provided such an incredible amount of personal fulfillment as well as global, I think impact it's, you know, that's, that's where a lot of my time has gone lately. Yeah. That's so cool. So you write also, do you write TV, film? Yeah, I write. Uh, my wife's a screenwriter, and so we write together. We write. Um, she's a film writer, and and she had a couple movies come out this past year. Um, one one's called Carrie Pilby, which is now on iTunes, um, and it's a wonderful adaptation of a young adult novel about a seventeen year old genius. Great cast, and then another one was called Middle School: The Worst Years of My Life, which was a big, you know, wide release and fun family like family comedy. Um, she's so crazy talented. So you know, we write together. Um, I also created um, and co-creator of a game show on, on Game Show Network called The Idiot Test. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's like a super fun, like dumb, funny game show that um, that I co-created and produce. And so, you know, I got my hands in like a million things. I like, I like to do a million things. I'm sure you can probably tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, I just like, you know, like, I just like to be busy and inspired and um, challenged. And so I like to do a lot of things and my focus like ebbs and wanes between them. And so I'm never bored. Uh, but most of my focus goes towards this bar saves lives right now. What do you not do? <laughs> I don't do yoga. Well, we'll get you into yoga. I'll come to rock climbing. You can come take a yoga class. Okay. I think they go pretty hand in hand. All right. right? It's a deal. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. That's all so exciting. I love that you guys write together, you and your wife. That's such a cool activity to do together. It is. It's great. It's, she's awesome. She's so smart. You know, I just try to keep up. How did you guys meet each other? She's my sister's best friend, um, and so I'd known her for a decade and just honestly never thought I had a 
a chance in hell of landing a date with her. And one day, like, she was single and I was single and we were like, hey, do you want to go for a hike? And we did. And then it was like six months later we were engaged and six months later we were married. And we were, you know, like, because we had known each other for a long time. As soon as we, like, found that there was chemistry, we were like, oh, this is it. You know, and so, yeah, we've been married for eight years and um, she's awesome. You know, she's been crazy supportive and, you know, she helped to come up with the name This Bar Saves Lives and she, you know, helped us make recipes in the kitchen from the beginning and has just been an incredible supporter of not just the company, but of course of me personally and my insane journey from acting to entrepreneurship to writing and hosting and all these things and rock climbing, which makes her nervous as hell. All those things. She's, she's been an incredible partner along the way. I love that you knew each other before you ever started dating. That's the best. Yeah, I think that's the best foundation to have ever. So cool to hear. I love how hearing how people meet each other. It's just such a, you know, such a fun thing to yeah, know. So as we come closer to the end of our conversation, because I know you have an appointment to get to, two questions. One is, what are you most excited about right now with This Bar Saves Lives and personally? So two separate. Okay, two separate questions. So for This Bar Saves Lives, I'm most excited about uh, our growth and partnership with Starbucks. It's really exciting. We're a small, small company. You know, it sounds like we're big, right? We're like this little give back company that's disrupting an entire category within grocery. And so, you know, we're in every Starbucks in California and, and uh, we just recently rolled into Boston, Philadelphia and, and Washington, D.C. If people get out there and support us there, we're going to go into all the Starbucks and we're going to help to save a thousand lives a month just at Starbucks. That's, that's the kind of the size of the prize there. So I'm really excited about our growth with that great partner, but also in general, you know, in Amazon and in, and in Target. We're just like taking off and it just feels so cool to be this little company that, you know, we borrowed money to start and people are now trying our bars and they're liking our bars and, and liking our mission and we're affecting lives. So, you know, specifically it's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but just to see this, what was kind of a crazy idea by a few actors really take off and, and have support is, is really exciting. And so I hope, you know, anybody who's listening here can try us at their local store or, or on Amazon or on our website because we, we could use all the help and good reviews we can get. So come on, blogger community out there, please give us some good reviews. Um, personally, I'm just so excited to be a dad. I, you know, it's every single day is this incredible discovery, you know, to see something through, through my son's eyes, he's two and a half and the way he learns new words or discovers something in nature or explains something to me in this funny way. I mean, we had, we had this guy, uh, one of our interns out helping us to shoot a video for Amazon and he's in high school. My son turns over and he goes, what do you do, baby man? <laughs> and so, like, he described him as a baby man. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, how would you describe a high schooler? I was like, yeah, I guess it's kind of like a baby man, right? You're like, and so, like, it's just like that kind of discovery, like, through a toddler's eyes is spectacular. So, I'm, you know, I'm just thrilled to be a dad right now. And um, every single day is a discovery, on, on, you know, when, when you've got a two and a half year old. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I love hearing the funny things that kids say. Oh it's another thing you guys could write a book or a screenplay about. I love it. Yeah, you should definitely take notes. So final question, as this is the Soul on Fire podcast, if you could give one tip to everyone listening who wants to set their soul on fire and do something that they love, what would your advice be? It's a great question. I love your podcast for this. I mean, I love like the soul on fire moments and these kinds of things. You know, I already talked about fire aim ready, right? So, so that's a great one. Like if you've got an idea that's already capturing, that's already setting your soul on fire, just fire, just go for it. But for, for others that are maybe just kind of feeling a level of unfulfillment or, or, you know, just wondering if there's something else out there like I was, there's three kind of levels of happiness as like, there's like happiness studies that are done. The lowest level and shortest lived happiness is kind of like the hit of happiness that you get when you like buy something or you do something really cool. like go to a concert. The middle level of happiness 
is when you're in the zone, right? So maybe you're doing something you love, like playing music or sport or yoga, that kind of thing. That's like a, like longer lived, but it's not like a permanent level of happiness. It's just like a great level of happiness you feel when you're doing that activity. The highest level of happiness, this is scientifically you know, verified through meta studies. The highest level of happiness is when you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself, that brings a deeper meaning, a personal fulfillment, or an impact. Oftentimes, this comes from people who are involved in charity work or through a religious institution or from finding the thing, right, and doing that thing. And so I would just say that if you're searching for that, if you're searching to set your soul on fire, if there's something that brings you a lot of happiness that you can do more of that has some sort of greater impact, and it could be volunteering um, with an organization that you love, or uh, it could be um, just giving of your time or taking your hobby that you love and and adding an element to it that makes a positive impact on the world through social entrepreneurship, something that has that impact that's going to bring you the happiness. That's going to bring you the fulfillment that not just brought me, but that brings anybody who does that. And it was a great quote from Scott Harrison who started Charity Water. He says, the more you give, the more you give. And that's the truth, right? It's not the more you give, the more you get. Obviously you get, but the more you give, the more you give because it feels so good to give, to make an impact, to change somebody's life. And it can be on a grand scale, like this bar saves lives, like starting a company, or it can be very personal and just giving of your time one hour a week in an activity, an organization, or with a, with a group that that excites you and that inspires you. And if you're an artist, you could, you could work with people in paint or you could play music or you could talk to people or you could give yoga to, you know, to people who are without homes or or at-risk youth, whatever it is, giving of yourself, it just changes your outlook on life. And that's, you know, what took me on this journey for this bar saves lives. And, And I hope for anybody out there that's listening, that's looking for that. I would just say like, jump in. It doesn't have to be a grand idea. Like just give an hour a week and, it could lead to something really big for you, really profound. So that's 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 my advice. That was long advice, I know, but uh, I tend to ramble. It's amazing advice. I'm inspired. I've been thinking about different ways. I would love to use yoga to give back. Um, been thinking about it a lot. So now hearing you say all of this, I want to take action and find kind of the best way for me to do that. So that's exciting. I'm going to, and I know everyone listening must feel so inspired too. Such good advice. I love it. So tell everyone as we wrap up where they can find you. Yes. Thank you. Great. Sales pitch time. And uh, for everybody out there, you know, like I'm unabashed on my sales pitch. We're a great company doing a great thing. And if you like to support great companies, I think we, you know, we're going to get along just fine. (laughs) So we're This Bar Saves Lives, thisbarsaveslives.com. We're all, you know, on all the social media is at this bar. Look, you guys, we make great, great bars. If you're, if you're eating bars, you should eat our bars, right? If you don't eat bars, then we're probably not for you, but we've got, you know, great bars. We also have a line of kids bars called this kid saves lives that are nut free. And is a great conversation starter for parents to talk to their kids about, you know, helping out that there are kids in the world that don't have, you know, aren't as fortunate as we are here. Right. So we're at half the target stores. We're at Starbucks on the West coast and on the East coast. We're on Amazon. Uh, we're in whole foods on the West coast and in, in, um, the Rocky mountain area. So there's a ton of places out there. You could just hop on our website and look and try it out, you know, try our stuff and, and, you know, support good companies out there, not just ours. There's a great companies out there doing good things. And so, you know, we vote every day with our wallets and, um, I, I hope you, you enjoy our products and our stories and, um, you you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for that kind of support. Oh, I'm, I'm at Ryan Devlin uh, on Twitter and I'm at Ryan Devlin TBSL on, uh, on Instagram. I just started Instagram. I don't even know what it, I, like, I'm trying, like, help me. Okay. Help, help me on Instagram, everybody. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm being dragged into it and, um, and I'm liking it so far. So that's good. <laughs> Instagram's the best. Yeah, it seems better than Twitter now that I'm like... In- yeah, so you guys listening, go give him a follow. He's new to Instagram. Yeah, thank you. And definitely check out the company. They're so great. As we just heard, just it's incredible what you're doing. So I'm so glad that I was finally, that we finally were able to connect so that you could come on the show and... Thanks for being here. We'll have you back soon for sure. Yes. Thank you so much. I'll see you at the rock climbing gym. Yes. Can't wait. 